It's a mailbag part two, the show where you take control of the content. We answer questions from you. Today, it'll be regarding the core four, the lease for agent class, trade proposals, and so much more. All that coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf Center podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano from TSN. Also, my guy, Dave Morsuti from Sportsnet. We're doing a part two of our mailbag. If you missed part one yesterday, go ahead, check it out. We answered a bunch of questions and we'll continue with the answers today. We asked you on YouTube, we asked in the Discord, and we tossed out on Twitter, and we got answers from all three platforms and questions from you guys. So we're going to answer those uh, right now. Dave, let's find uh, another question that we want to toss up here and get the people some answers. Whose question do we want to answer first on our part two edition of the mailbag? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? All right, so Rick Bangle Bangle. uh, from YouTube I'll preempt this one because shout, it's a shout one. out Rick Bengal, by the way, because this guy he comments on YouTube almost every show. Yeah. So he's a he's a he's an everydayer. Rick Bengal is an everydayer. Shout out to you. It's not always great what he says. He doesn't always love us, but he always listens and we appreciate it. Yeah. So but, he he first commented saying how much he loves the show. Comments almost every day. Uh, he wanted to mention how big of a fan he was from Halifax. He is from Halifax, and he makes sure to go and see when Patrick Waugh, when he coaches uh, in Halifax. Ah, the Mooseheads. He is wondering, why isn't Leafs Nation clamoring for a coach of his ilk? Exactly what the Leafs need. Three exclamation marks. Or I think four. Your opinions. Don't you think Patrick Waugh would love hoisting the cup in Toronto? And to end it, he says, it's just another way to stick it to Montreal. Well, yes, that would be a great way to stick it to Montreal if if he can help Toronto win a Stanley Cup. I'm curious what he means by like it's exactly of his ilk. Like, yeah, what, what, so what I will. Is- I'm going to add to that because he does. Again, it, we only have a limit of how many, uh, how much we can put in each yeah. of these, uh, in everything here. So I'll read some of the reasons why he believes so. Um, Patrick runs a very lively bench. He is constantly collaborating and is a very, very hands-on. He's very hands-on. His players would run through a brick wall for him. He has his ramparts playing all very connected all over the ice. They're disciplined and focused. In my opinion, Wah is a bigger star than the core four combined. I believe he brings the pedigree that this group would need in Toronto. Aaron stands with the young player mindset, um, and he won Coach of the Year in Colorado when he was there. You know, I, I I don't hate it, actually. I don't hate I, the idea of Patrick Waugh. I don't hate the idea of Patrick Waugh. And, and something that he just mentioned that actually, what part do you think stuck out to me? Uh, the fact that he's a bigger star than the core four? Yeah. So nobody would be below, like, below. Like, 
in a way that no they were thinking the Mike Babcock, the star coach that would rein in the, I guess, the egos, maybe? Is that what he's trying to say? Like, he's the one that's going to get these guys to kind of... Like, no one's going to make Patrick, like, outshine Patrick Waugh in a way. Right. Like, Patrick Waugh is not uh, apologizing to the elite players when they don't play elite. No. He's just not doing that. He's going to flat out say, these guys played like garbage. They need to be better. And guess what's going to happen the next day? Nothing. We're all just going to accept it. The player's going to accept it because that's just the way it is. And when you're told by a Hockey Hall of Famer that you're playing like garbage, it might ring a little more than it does when Shelly Keefe tells you. I think Keefe's a great coach, but when it comes to you know his pedigree, he's not a Hall of Famer, right? His playing pedigree, he was you know a, a grinder. He was a, a depth grinder. Smart guy. I think he's a good coach. I, I don't necessarily think that uh, that he's been the problem here in Toronto. So clamoring for a new coach, I don't think is necessarily the the camp that I'm in. I don't think that I would be upset if the coach returned. That being said, um, you know, do I think that Patrick Waugh would be a good fit if they were to move on? I think that, that there would be. I think. I think that there could be fits with with Patrick Waugh. I think when you look at so he just won the Memorial Cup with the Quebec Ramparts, and if you watch the way that that team played, they were extremely well structured, played well defensively, and and to you know Rick's point, they did play connected and they played their asses off for this guy. So. You know, you, you do like to see when he can connect with the youth that way. He should be able to connect to the NHLers, right? And, and having that um, that Hall of Fame stature, you would think that potentially these core four players will kind of respect his the way that he goes about things. And maybe that does, instead of make it about the core four, does make it about the team. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I'll say that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I also just wonder, you know, when he was in Colorado, if you don't remember, he didn't only want to be the coach. He basically wanted to be the boss and have all the decisions. So, yeah, you'll have to wonder how much. Which he basically did when he got to Quebec, too. Like with the Ramparts, like he's coaching GM. He owns the team. Like he basically became the boss. He's the captain. He runs the ship. That said, um, I think he did interview for the Columbus job, if I'm not mistaken. And I think he in, interviewed or plans on interviewing for the Ranger job. Um, so there's a possibility that Patrick Watt could find himself back in the NHL. Um, whether or not it's with Toronto, I don't know. I wouldn't say there's there's high odds of that being the case. But it would be a, an interesting situation if it were to come to fruition. All right, let's get to uh, the next one here. Malfrere. All right, we're going to go with uh, Mario L. What free agent should the Leafs go after this offseason? Ooh, which free agent? Do you have an answer for us, Dave, off the top of your dome? I do, right away. One, Ivan Barbashev. Oh, you're referring to Ivan Barbashev, who blew up Radko Gudis in game two. Yeah, just for the fact that he blew up Radko Gudis, I want him on the Leafs. Like, doesn't even, not even anything else, but that reason. That reason alone is why he needs to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. That's that's. He's also a very good hockey player. He is a good, yes, he is a very good hockey player. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Ivan Barbashev would be would be a good one. It's, I was actually shooting it with a buddy of mine, seeing. We're going back and forth on what we think that he would be worth. Like what what type of 
number would you throw at Ivan Barbashev to bring him to Toronto, though? Because that's that's the ultimate question. Can they afford him? What number would you sign him at? I think that number is going to start over four, in my oh, opinion. Oh, 100%. He's, I would so be surprised if that trickled up to five flat. Wouldn't surprise I, me. Like, if you rather, if you're talking about signing an uh, Ivan Barbashev over Michael Bunting for that number, I'm taking Barbashev any day. And he's making 2.25 right now. So if you're doubling his salary, I would be okay with that because he is, like, I think he's been a very underrated player for Vegas in the playoffs. I think he has like 16 points in 18 games. May have even had more after that dropping on Florida. Like, he's, he brings that element that I think the Leafs need up front because he can do it in a top six role. Like the Leafs added guys that brought some, you know, piss and vinegar, as Mike likes to say, but he can also do other things really well, like put up points. He had 16 points in 23 games to end the regular season with Vegas. This is a guy that can, if he's, if you're putting him in the top six, he will flourish in Toronto. I think he would be another one of those like unheralded, players that would get a lot of love from this nation if the Leafs could sign him. Yeah, I think he would. I'm trying to see where uh, where is he in terms of – he is a UFA, right? He is, yes. I don't know why he's not showing up on the cap-friendly list of guys. Maybe because he's still in the playoffs? Yeah, that's probably why. But, yeah, he signed a two-year deal – um, back in tw- 2021. So, this is a very weak free agent class. Very I weak. will say that. Um, it's not the great. Oh, you know why? Because this is no, actually, I know exactly why he's not showing up. Because I put signing status as UFA instead of expiring status as UFA. So, his last deal was, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. I'm like, where are all these he players? He was an RFA when he signed his deal. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we got it. He is definitely a UFA. Um, yeah, like I'm just taking a look at the list of guys now who who are out there and who are available for the Maple Leafs, and you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards you know I want Toronto to maybe go after a defenseman potentially. Um, who that defenseman is 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 a good question. Um, I do know that, uh, you know, in the past, there's been some links to Damon Severson, but that was, you know, back in the, back in the Kyle Dubas era. So now I'm, I'm, I am curious if those, you know, how much of those links to the past will kind of come back at this point. I, I'm not sure. Maybe Tyler Brutuzzi would actually be a pretty good name to, to keep he an was eye another on. Name I, think. I was looking at too. Yeah. He'd be a good, good name to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I mean, does, does Patrick Kane, does Showtime want to come to Toronto? I'm sure, you know, we could figure something out in, in Toronto for him. But I think our, Ivan Barbashev to, is is a really, really, really solid one. Actually, Dimitri Orlov's a free agent, too. Orlov would be uh, a, a nice pickup for, for the Maple Leafs, for sure. 31 years old, so he's, you know, a little on the older side, but played really well for Boston when he got traded from, from Washington. So maybe Dimitri Orlov is a, you know, a defenseman that they could pick up potentially so there are some names for you mario you're welcome uh next one what do we want to get to next uh let's go with actually while you're finding out where you want to go next why don't we tell the good folks listening and watching to the the podcast 
about our good friends at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply. Welcome back into the Lockdown Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We put out new podcasts each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, all the way through until the end of June and then throughout the offseason. We still got pods coming to you. We just drop it down to three days a week. So we still got content all throughout the offseason, three days a week. So if you want to be kept up to date of what's going on around Leafs Nation and around the NHL, make sure you're subscribed to the Locked on Leafs podcast. Uh, Dave, let's uh, let's get to another one of our mailbag questions. Let's see what the people want to know. All right, we're going to go back to the Discord. Uh, Canadian Ranger, um, with Caulfield signing at $7.85 million per year, how does that set the bar for Willie to ask for 8.5 plus? Well, the fact that he's scored 40 goals and Cole Caulfield has not scored 40 goals pretty much sets him up for a pretty decent payday, in my opinion. I also like William Nylander, like you're talking about how you know, little talent there's is available on the free agent market this year. Next year, he's gonna probably be if if he gets to that point, he will be one of the top guys on a lot of teams lists that are looking for goal scoring like i i like and th- and that makes him you know he can say i want 8.5 and he probably would get that like if you're looking at the cap going up what potentially four million dollars in the year that he's going to be a ufa if willie asks for 8.5 you sign that in a heartbeat by yeah. the way if he says my number is 8.5 you say where do i sign Exactly. Willie at 8.5 is a steal. It's an absolute steal. Because, first of all, Caulfield signing as a RFA. So, yeah. not money, not much right, especially coming out of his ELC. Willie can walk. Like, there's 31 other teams next mm-hmm. season that can negotiate with this guy. So, if you can get him at 8.5, that's only a measly, like, million and a half increase from what he's making now. For the production that William Nylander can give you, the only one of these core four who's been a playoff performer, you 1,000%, 1,000% sign him at that contract. But unfortunately, I think it's probably going to cost a little more than $8.5 million what, what to get this guy signed. What would be number for Nylander? Like if, Nylander if, if you were to say to Nylander, what's, like, like, give us your number. What's the number you're going to say is justifiable to re-sign him at? I don't know if I go past nine. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if what's Rantanen getting? Because, like, that would be, like, my – like, you're going past Rantanen. Yeah. I, it's just – for me, it's, you know, I think I'm looking at this deal, and I just don't know if you can afford to go past nine. Like, the structure as is is already quite out of whack for this team um, when it comes to, like, how much they're paying their forwards. And at this point, like you're you're going into the next two years where you've got Matthews, Marner, and Nylander all up for contract extensions. You gotta think that each and every one of them are gonna sit there and say, Yeah, we want more money than the first time. So you're going to be giving more money to these guys than what they just had. So um I think like nine, maybe nine and a half. I I, I would not not touch ten. No. If he says I want ten or I walk, 
I think you you trade him this summer. Actually, is what you do. Yes. You have to. You trade him this summer. You say, all right, well, if you're not gonna, you know, entertain our offer between eight and nine million, um, sorry, we're gonna have to part ways because that's not gonna fit into our structure. And you try and get something for him. That's that's probably how you go about things this summer. If if that's how the conversation goes. No, that's very fair. I just think, yeah, you have to, like, you know, you're gonna be cha- per, you're gonna be giving Austin Matthews a sizable deal. You've already got sizable deals with Neat, with uh, Marner and Tavares. You just have to tell Willie, like, we'll, we'll pay you, but you also have to understand where the pecking order. Like, Matthews is gonna be number one still, and we can only pay you so much. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this one. Ole Jokinen with hair. Another Discord. On the Discord. Another Discord legend. Ole Okunin with hair. Um, do you think the Leafs tried opening their win now window a few years early? I'm assuming this is referring to the Tavares contract. Thousand percent. That's and where it answer, started. Yeah, the answer is absolutely. If they didn't have to make that deal, it was a luxury signing at the time. And it really screwed them up in terms of how they were going to structure the rest of their contracts. Because you had Marner and Tavares, or Marner and Matthews, who were flat out just better players than Tavares was at that point in their careers. And unfortunately, that meant that they were going to get paid more than John Tavares. And look what look what ended up transpiring. Or paid relatively similar to what Tavares made. And that's kind of what transpired here and, and allowed Austin and allowed Mitch to go out there and ask for that money. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they did kind of extend their win window a little bit early. Um, and, you know, here we are and it's like, oh, there's a new general manager. How much longer is this window? Uh, you could say, well, they got one more year of Austin Matthews and, and, Nylander, and then after that, there's one more year of Tavares and and, Neil, uh, and and Marner, and then what happens, right? So the window's getting shorter, that's for sure. So what I also say is, is at what point does a team not take the chance to go and sign like good players, right? Like I understand that the Tavares well, the luxury, I, and they so give a lot this. of money. I'll, I'll say this. I will say this. Um. I think it's the type of player that they signed. Yes. That was the problem. Right? It's I have that- no problem if you want to open your if you want to do your best to move the wind like to move the team forward. It's just you had Nazem Kadri as your second line center. Right. Decent decent keeping second line that, center. Keeping that money available for a bona fide defenseman would have been the smart play. Like when that defenseman showed up on the market that like you could go Alex after. Alex Petrangelo, two years later, showed up on the market. Maybe he was in the next summer. No, I think it was two years later. Showed up on the market. And you didn't have the money to give. You just didn't have it. But you could have if you didn't make that move and you didn't you know, do that too aggressively, a little too early. Could have waited around and got a better player, a better deal. And uh didn't happen, obviously. And here we are now with this albatross of an 11 million dollar contract and the guy who wears the c on his sweater and has less 
you know, more than 50% of his points coming on the man advantage, which is not a sexy statistic. No, not, not sexy at all when you consider how much it impinges on them, their ability to add around and right, adding the depth that a lot of these Stanley Cup playoff teams, like the Vegas, they only got two guys making over $10 million. And it helps them have a team that's really, really deep. Right. Uh, all right, let's take one more quick break. When we get back, let's answer a couple more questions here, Dave. If we don't get to your question, uh, we'll keep it in the drafts. And when we do our next mailbag here, probably ahead of the draft and free agency, um, we'll make sure that we we get to it then as well. So if we don't answer your question today uh, or we, you didn't see yesterday's, maybe we answered on yesterday's part one podcast potentially, um, we will get to it a little bit later on uh, in a couple of weeks when we do a, a, another mailbag. But uh, why don't we take one last break here, and when we get back, we'll finish up a couple more of these mailbag questions. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studio. Listen to Locked On Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Sudi. Uh, Locked on Leafs, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Make sure that you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Also up on YouTube as well. We got daily content coming out Monday through Friday, all the way through uh, till the end of the month, and then even three days a week come summertime throughout the off season. So we never stop working to get the best and uh, newest Leafs news to all y'all. All right. Let's continue. Let's Toss go out with another the, one of these, Dave. Let's go with the quick one here. We're going to go back to the to Oli, uh, Oli Jokinen with hair. Why has nobody taken Justo Hall's security clearance to the arena? Why hasn't it been taken away? Well, how do, we know, how do we know it hasn't been taken away? That's the first one there, and also July first will come. Don't worry, he'll be it'll be taken away by then. Do you think? There is a zero percent chance Justin Hall is a Maple Leaf next summer, or next win next season. I'm just wondering if it was a Sheldon Keith want to keep him around, or Kyle Dubas want to keep him around. Probably Keith. So I'm, I can't put zero because I feel like he's gonna clap if he's there. He's gonna make the biggest pitch to keep Justin Hall around. I just hope some other team offers them such a good deal that he can't refuse it, and the Leafs are just. And like, he will. Like he's he's gonna get offered two. He's, he'll get offered like two and a half times three or something, for sure. Some team will I, offer. I, I, I hope just good. Brad goes Sheldon. We we tried, but there was just a better offer out there, and he decided yep. to take that one. Yep. Yep. All so right. Thank, thank you, Oli, for that one. And uh, let's go with a, a YouTube one from John D. What would you expect in return from one Nylander, two Marner, three Matthews, four Tavares, five, any combination of two of them? No movement, no movement clause and no trade clause are possible to move with player approval. There's a lot to unpack on this one. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, generally, you know, we kind of discussed it on yesterday's show a bit too. I would expect for them to get impact players in return. Right, you're not trading for picks and prospects. That's not, that's not what's happening with any of these guys. You got to get impact players, and I believe that if you're trading one of these guys, why don't you do it for you know trade from your surplus of your star forwards 
and get a defenseman in return, a star defenseman in return. That, to me, is what I would expect in return for one of these guys. I do not see any situation where you can even entertain trading two of them also. Like, that's just bananas. The, the amount of money they make, I don't think even makes it possible anyway. Um, but th- that would be my that would be my answer to this question. I would expect for them to get an impact top pair defenseman at least for any of these three guys, I guess Tavares maybe, I don't know how that goes, but for Nylander, Marner, or Matthews, got to get a top-end defenseman in return. Yeah, I think I think you do, and it's, it's going to be tough because you have to find a willing trade partner, but I think there's going to be teams that are going to also need that impact forward. And I think that the Le- they're going to see that the Leafs do have them, and I-, I think a deal could be done. It's just you're going to have to you have to be very very smart about you know how much you're taking back too, right? Like the the salaries are going to have to match up in a lot of ways for a lot of these deals too. Just taking a look right now to see who are some of the uh, you know some of the defensemen around the league. Charlie McAvoy is an interesting name for me as well. You know, if you're making a deal, and I don't know if Toronto and Boston could could come up with a trade here, but Charlie McAvoy is is a guy where it's like, okay, you can you can part with a Nylander. you might be able to part with a Marner if McAvoy is like the main piece coming back of the other way. Could you imagine if you had McAvoy to this blue line? I don't see it happening. I'm just saying that is a name that would be the same stratosphere as those guys. There's not a lot of players where you could look at it and and see, you know, a one-for-one one or, or a package deal that would work. That might be one right there. Yeah, like, that's that's sort of the, the type of defense. But, like, I know somebody once brought the name to me, Colton Pareko, and I would have liked the Colton Pareko, but I don't like his contract. I would have liked Colton Pareko three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Colton Pareko now, eh, eh. Not, not, not so much. Not so much. Noah yeah. Hannafin's interesting. Like I've, I've, I've seen a lot of, a lot of people throw out Noah Hannafin's name, and obviously he was traded for by Brad Treliving once before. So that is, is, is definitely an, it would be an interesting name to, to keep an eye on. Uh, Rasmus Anderson potentially. Obviously, that would not be a Marner situation. But like these are just defensemen that I'm now thinking about potentially Treliving could. Uh, could trade for and, and that's what I think would need to happen for any of those guys to, to get moved. I think we had time for maybe one more, maybe two if we can keep it quick. All right. Uh here let's go with the one from Discord Blue 13 out of the UFAs who may not be brought back, which player or players will be the most disappointing to see not return? Or who would be disappointed not see return? <sighs> This is so basically like who do I prioritize as my top free agents? And if they did not figure out a deal, who would I be most disappointed? So, I mean, the, the top free agent, I guess that's out there for, for the Maple Leafs is Ryan O'Reilly. That said, I wouldn't be disappointed if they didn't bring him back. I'm not expecting Ryan O'Reilly to return to Toronto, so I'm not going to put him on this list. Um but somebody that I would actually put would would be Luke Shen. I I think yeah. that Luke Shen is someone who certainly has won over a lot of Leaf fans. Look at the way that he and, and Morgan Riley played 
in the playoffs. And man, this guy was really, really good. So, and he, he brought up the best in Mo as well. And, and I think that's extremely valuable in itself for, uh, for someone to bring out the best of Morgan Riley. So for that reason, I think probably the, the most disappointed player for, for the Leafs not to bring back would be Luke Shen. Um, maybe David Camp also like if Camp, I think Camp has been a really solid player for this Maple Leafs team for the last couple of years. If they don't bring him back and he ends up leaving for like a, a similar contract, like a, a, a digestible contract, that would be a little upsetting where it's like, really? It's like, you, you couldn't have given him that. Like if he signed somewhere for, you know, 2 million bucks, I'm like, ah, I might've been able to, to stomach that. Like, no, he couldn't get, make it, make it work here. But I would say, uh, yeah, so Luke Shen and, and David Camp would be the the guys for me. Yeah, I think Nola Chari is another one, too. Yeah. Uh, if the Leafs didn't bring him back, it'd be a little disappointing. Luke Shen, David Camp. And, yeah, like, I think that's really it because everyone, like, like Zach Aston Reese, he can go if they don't bring him back. Like Yeah, take him or leave him. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot, not disappointed one bit. If he doesn't Justin come Hall, back. I'd be... I'd be I'd be so upset. Oh yeah, Mike. I would have to console Mike for <laughs> ten minutes and then realize he is gone. Yeah, I think they, they, they should resign. Like, they should resign Pierre Engvall, though. By the way, he is a UFA. Yeah, but he would have to be on the team for you to resign. They should sign Pierre Engvall in free agency. Then don't mm. get smart with me. Don't get smart with me, David. Don't get smart with me know what i meant it's what i do all right i think we have time for one more before i get overly delirious getting into my italian mafia accents okay uh let's go with let's see all right blue 13 again because i like this one if you were the gm and the mlsd board sent down a demand to move one of the core players to bring in a substantial fresh change who are you picking and why I am picking Mitch Marner. I'm picking Mitch Marner because, um, A, pretty big contract. B, I think he could bring you a big return. And most importantly, he's proven to me year after year that he shrinks in the playoffs. And that is a big concern that I that I have. He shows me in the, in the, in the regular season, you know, a successful path to playing in the playoffs – but then when push comes to shove, when the pressure is on, he doesn't doesn't get it done. I, I, and, and I hate to say it because the dude was so good. We're talking about a 99-point Selkie candidate. But ultimately, of the of the, 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 the big three there, Matthews, Marner, and, and, and Nylander, we'll put Tavares to the side right now. Um, Marner, I think, is is the one guy where it's it's like I, I I believe he might have to go. He might not be able to to play the necessary style that's needed to win the playoffs. And if I'm watching, you know, what we're watching right now with Vegas and and Florida, dude, these are physical series. And if Marner's not willing to play with that type of physicality and go to the net and and you know fight through contact the way that he wasn't really doing in the Florida series. You know, when when's he going to do that? Because he's, what, 26 or going to be 26? Like, he's been in the NHL for six, seven years. You would think that that light bulb would have went off already, and it hasn't. So I think that 
for those reasons, Mitch Marner would uh, would be the guy that I would probably look to move on from. And you're looking at the players playing in the Stanley Cup final right now. It's not even their play on the ice. It's their demeanor off the ice. And I just don't know if Marner has a demeanor to lift this Leafs team in the way that I think they need it. Like you hear him talk about how we don't care what's being said out, you know, outside of the room. We don't care what the media is saying. That to me speaks a lot because they should care because what the media is saying isn't totally off, right? He's trying to make it seem like things are being made up and, and all those things. I, I see how like a Matthew Kachuk is, uh, is, you know, condoning himself. I'm looking at, you know, Jack Eichel, a guy that nobody thought could win. And when he was in Buffalo, now he is on his way to, you know, potentially winning a Stanley cup here in Vegas. Right. Like, I, I just think you need that demeanor off the ice, too. And I don't know if Mitch Marner has it. You know what's really weird about it, though? He has that demeanor on the defensive side of the ice, but then not on the offensive side of the ice. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't like, assert his dominance offensively the way that he's able to, first of all. And the way that he does defensively when he's stripping pucks off of guys, when he's blocking shots, getting in lanes – you know, he's, he's, he, he closes on you pretty quick. He suffocates you, especially when he's killing penalties. But then for some reason, when the when the, the playoff comes, you know, he, he's not as assertive offensively as he is in his own end. It's just – it's kind of bizarre. I don't know. I just kind of thought about it right now. But, like, I don't know. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you understand yeah. what, what I'm getting at there? It's, it's kind of like, bizarre. I understand you want to show how good you are defensively, but – you're also being paid close to $11 million to be a really good offensive player. And that has not happened in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, it's just like a reminded just because you, you brought up Jack Eichel and like, this guy's been a, a two way force and his defensive game has really developed in the last couple of years or this season more. So I guess you could say, and it's like, well, that, that defensive ability has always been in Mitch Marner. And that hasn't necessarily been the problem in the playoffs either. He hasn't let his, Offensive struggles, he hasn't allowed his defensive game to slip all that much. Although there were some some weird things that were going on in the, that Florida series. But for the most part, it, it hadn't slipped over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, for some reason, offensively, just has not been able to get it done. But I don't know. That's, that's a big question that obviously MLSE does have uh, to answer at some point here. So we'll see what the answer is, and maybe the answer is none. We'll run it back. And honestly, at this point, based on what I've heard so far, that sounds very likely, very likely that they could run it back with the same core four and the same coach. Love it or not, it seems like that might be the situation for the Maple Leafs this this, this next season. And Does yeah. it work? Stay tuned. Guess we'll find out next year. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Uh, there is what we got four more, three more, four more that we didn't get to. Um, all from the Discord. We did get to some of theirs. Like, this is the like Blue 13 and Canadian Ranger gave us like five questions each, which is amazing. Thank you so much to, to those guys in the Discord. But we will, uh, we'll get to the rest of these questions. 
uh, at a later date. So we appreciate everybody for submitting them. Uh, if you missed yesterday's show and you didn't hear your question, perhaps we got to it yesterday. So go check out that podcast, obviously. Uh, and hopefully we did answer your question to the best of our abilities. If you did hear it uh, on today's show, um, that'll do it for us here on the podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcasts on all podcast platforms. You receive daily leaves content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more Sudi. Follow the show as well. Go ahead, smash that like button if you're watching here on YouTube. Comment down below. Let us know your thoughts, some of the questions that we had uh, tasked for us to answer today. Let us know down below in the comment section. I'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.